do you find yourself getting anxious? And is anxiety something that you experience periodically? Or would you term yourself an anxious person? And do you wonder why some situations that make you feel so anxious don't seem to impact other people in the slightest? I know that I experience a certain level of anxiety from time to time, but I also know many people, including those in my family, as well as clients that I have who live with anxiety on a day-to-day basis. And in the last few years, I've become really, really interested in our emotions and in emotional self-regulation. And I've noticed that especially post-COVID, in both home situations as well as in the workplace, stress and anxiety are causing huge challenges for people. I've also been really interested as to why some people experience anxiety in certain situations where others don't appear to be as impacted or others experience it more so in other situations. And so in this first episode where the focus is on anxiety, and there definitely will be more episodes about anxiety because it is a big topic, in this first episode, I'm, I'm simply going to offer up a perspective that might allow us to think about anxiety in a different way. And hopefully, as a result of this, give us a little bit more scope as to how we might be able to control our anxiety rather than letting it control us. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family, but there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you? Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. From what I have learned and what I've come to understand, anxiety is an emotional state that is often brought about by a certain amount of stress, kind of like that stress that comes with change, that stress that comes with uncertainty. Interestingly, a little bit of stress is good. A little bit of stress is actually important. A little bit of stress is what gets us up in the morning. It's what motivates us to get moving. There is a a positive type of stress, which has a term. It's called eustress. And this is that stress that gets us moving. This is the stress of running a race or getting a promotion, or moving house. This is a type of stress that is perceived to be within our coping capacity and also the type of stress where we know that there is an end to that stress. It is when stress gets to a point 
that it feels like it is outside of our coping capacity, outside of our capacity to actually manage it. Or when it goes on for too long, that we move out of a motivated, positive state and into potentially a state of anxiety. In this episode today, I wanted to look at that point where we start to move out of motivation to perform as a result of our stress to that stage where we start to feel anxious and then looking at what is anxiety actually made up of. In South Africa, we are not only racing into a new year on the calendar, but this time of year is also when our children start their new school year. And both of my children have started at different schools or new schools this week. And so you can imagine there's a certain amount of anxiety running through our house at the moment as they and I get to terms with a new location, with new teachers, with new rules, with new ways of doing things. And it's been really interesting as I've watched them both. I've seen this experience bringing up different levels of anxiety for each of them. And so I thought this was quite a good example to look at today, to get to kind of understand, to picture, to get to the root of what we're talking about. I would ordinarily, if I was doing a workshop or a presentation around anxiety, I would draw this on a board to illustrate it. So I'm going to have to do my best with my words today. But if you do have a pen and paper and are somewhere where you can do this, I suggest that as I go along, think about a situation that causes you anxiety and write this equation that I'm going to offer down with that particular situation in mind. As I've mentioned, I'm using my children as an example today to illustrate this equation and to illustrate my point around it, but you can use your particular situation to to bring this equation to life for you. So first of all, let's look at the equation. It goes like this. Anxiety equals the perceived likelihood of anticipated danger multiplied by the perceived awfulness or cost of this anticipated danger divided by the perceived ability to cope with danger plus the perceived external factors that would assist or rescue. I'm just pausing to give you a moment to kind of get your mind around that or to write it down if you are writing it down. I'll go through it once more quickly. Anxiety equals the perceived likelihood of anticipated danger multiplied by the perceived awfulness or cost of this anticipated danger, divided by the perceived ability to cope with danger, plus the perceived external factors that would assist or rescue. So let me go into how this relates with my children. My son appears, even at this incredibly young age, to have a story in his head around being good, around following the rules, around doing things right. This is not the case at home, but in public, he is very concerned about being good. So for him, in this instance of starting at a new school, the perceived likelihood of of anticipated danger, because of the importance to him of being good, 
might include not knowing the rules and getting into trouble as a result. So it's dangerous for him in this new space. This multiplied by the perceived awfulness or cost of this is huge because for him it's huge a huge cost for him to get into trouble. So say the perceived likelihood of danger were 100 multiplied by the cost, which is 100, his perception of danger and its cost is 1,000. If he were to divide this by his perceived ability to cope with the danger at a five, say, and the perceived help he might get, which at this point is a naught because he doesn't know who is there to help him. He has a huge amount of danger and awfulness at a thousand divided by five, leaving him with an anxiety level of about 200 of not about 200 of 200. My daughter, on the other hand, does not have the same story in her head. Her story is much more around having fun. It's much more around being with friends, engaging, interacting. As a result of this, her perceived likelihood of anticipated danger in comparison with Oliver's 100 might perhaps be a 10, I'd say. And the cost for her of the danger might be a 5. She's not phased about doing things wrong or getting into trouble. Her perceived ability to cope with the danger appears to be about a hundred. I mean, she can cope with anything. She doesn't mind being told off. It's kind of like water off a duck's back. She just moves on. Her perception of rescue might only be like Oliver's a zero because she doesn't know what's happening in terms of teachers and care either. But at this stage, she has a 50 in terms of the danger divided by 100 in terms of her perceived ability to cope which makes her anxiety a 0.5 by this equation standards in comparison to Oliver's 200. So I'm going to give you a moment to kind of let that digest to work through that in your head. What I want to really reiterate here is that I'm not in any way taking away from the impact of anyone's anxiety on their lives and on how they experience life. And I'm also not saying that this is always the case. There are cases where it is far more complex than this equation suggests. But what I am saying is that it is very often the case that our personality styles or the stories that we have in our head about a situation are what is creating the perception of that situation in terms of the danger of that situation, as well as the perception of our ability to cope in that situation. And these perceptions are what can actually lead to, or what are leading to often, the anxiety around a certain situation. And the joy of perception is that it is, it is something that we have control over, that we can control, that we can change. And when we realize that our anxiety is made up of the way that we perceive a situation, the danger we perceive it to present, the ability or capacity to cope with that danger in our view, as well as the help we might get in coping with it, we suddenly have a choice we suddenly have the ability to choose to look at the situation in a way that might help to change the numbers on this equation, that might help to move 
closer to Sierra's 0.5 and further away from Oliver's 200. We might be able to look at how we can improve the numbers on the bottom of the equation by decreasing those numbers on the top of the equation. When you think about anxiety for you or think about a situation that makes you anxious, can you change your perception of its danger or of the awfulness or cost of that danger? Can you take some time to think about how you might see it in a different way so that it feels less overwhelming? When you think about your ability to cope with that situation, can you improve those numbers? Can you spend some time thinking about what you have at your disposal that will allow you to cope better? Do you have internal as well as external factors that can assist you to cope with this perceived dangerous situation in a way that you hadn't perhaps thought about before? My invitation for you is every time you feel anxious, take out this equation and have a look at it. I'm going to spell it out for you one last time. Anxiety equals the perceived likelihood of anticipated danger multiplied by the perceived awfulness or cost of this danger divided by the perceived ability to cope with danger plus the perceived external factors that would assist or rescue. Look at what your perception is. For you, this is very real, and I get that. And I, again, I'm not taking away from the, the reality of our anxiety. But is there a way that you might be able to perceive it differently so that the anxiety is less, so that you don't give precious energy and space up to that anxiety, that you can actually take back control of that anxiety rather than letting it have control over you? I really invite you to play around with this to first of all notice when you're feeling anxious and then to whip out that equation, have a look at it if you have a moment and even if you do it after the fact, you can then use it for the next time that you're going to be in that situation or the next time you feel that emotional state of anxiety come up again. Go back to that equation in your head. What is my perception here? What am I seeing here? What could I change in terms of my perception that would allow me to manage the situation better so that I have more control, so that I feel more energized, less depleted by the situation, so that I can feel like I can cope and Really enjoy seeing if you can shift out of anxiety into some other way of feeling about a situation. And have fun with it. Enjoy it. Share it with others. Share this episode with others that th you think might find it useful. Share the equation with others. And see if it works for you to the point that you can start to really eliminate anxiety from your, from your life. And can start to just enjoy each day just that little bit more. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. 
And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums. Mm-hmm.